I was, as I was pondering uh, in preparation for this morning, thinking about leading, seeing, and uh, having a little devotion now, I, my mind started kind of taking the, uh, the route of just thinking about worship, thinking about praise, thinking about what does it mean, what does worship mean, as so I started looking that up. But first, I'd like to ask you all, what do you think of when you think worship? What comes to your mind, whether from your own lives, from what you've seen, from experience, from what you see in the Word of God, anything. Like, what comes to your mind when you think worship? What was that? Praising God. Okay. What was that? Praising the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So praising. Jeremy, what do you have? Jesus has given all to me, so he is worthy of all my praise and, and, and worship. It goes back to God just mm-hmm. um, throughout my life, everything that I do, it's going to be Okay. So throughout your life, everything you do. Mm-hmm. Adoration. Adoration. Sheldon? So an outward expression. So like an outward expression, you're saying like like physically, the effects are position. Okay. Recognition or witness of what has happened in somebody's life, spiritual, uh, demands an emotional response too. That's good. <clears throat> Anybody else? It's a form of exaltation and exalting God. Okay. Yeah, at least, or maybe even flat on his face, maybe even completely prostrate. Yeah. Right? It's good. Is this good? Anybody else? 
<clears throat> I, I appreciate your responses. I think you pretty well covered it. Um, that is very much uh, what I would have thought of when I think of worship. Mostly what I think of when I think worship <laughs> is uh, singing. Um, I think you know, that would be praising God, that singing um, with or without instruments. We see a lot of examples in Scripture of even commands like or David's like get your harps you know get your trumpet you know get get your stuff and let's praise God you know so that's kind of what I think of but when I started uh, when I looked up the word worship just simply in the Strong's uh, in the Old Testament it was to bow down to fall down flat humbly beseech do reverence it's just simply you know like you would they would have died in front of a king you know do that to God, and just fall down. <laughs> um, but then, uh, in a context aside from God, I think I'll just turn to that in Jeremiah 44, verse 19. sake of time, I won't read the context, but I think the verse will speak fairly well for itself. Um, and when we burned incense to the Queen of Heaven and poured out drink offerings unto her, did we, did we make her cakes to worship her and pour out drink offerings unto her without our men? So we'd have to read the chapter to really understand what's going on there, but you kind of pick up, there's an, it has a negative uh, context there. So that the worship is not toward God. Okay, the definition of that Hebrew word used there, it, to us it's just the same word. It's worship. Okay, right? they're worshiping God or they're worshiping idols, Queen of Heaven. What does it matter? It's a different Hebrew word, and it's the definition I found very fascinating. It said carve, that is fabricate or fashion, hence in a bad sense to worry, pain or anger, displease, grieve, hurt, make, be sorry, vex, worship, rest. Rest with a W, not as resting, but like grabbing or grappling or however you describe that word, rest. It doesn't sound very, <laughs> it's quite a different word. You know, it's, they're working with their own hands to, to quote, worship this queen of heaven. Okay, so <clears throat> that's a negative meaning or a different word there. But that is not the kind of worship that our God uh, wants from us. In the New Testament, it's... I thought that was kind of fascinating, too. It's meaning to kiss. For example, like a dog licking his master's hand. So, like, completely adoring his master. Yeah, like, just... That dog's pretty humble, you know, he comes out and licks your hand and it's just like, what you got for me now? Like, there's nothing I can do for you, but you're my master, right? Uh, to fawn or crouch to, that is literally or figuratively, prostrate oneself in homage, do reverence to, and adore. Okay, so it's similar to the Old Testament 
word worship. To fall down before God, to do reverence. So I think definitely praise, definitely our lives, all of that is out of a heart of worship. Um, I kind of thought of praise and worship, you know, because it's kind of the same word. As I started looking into it, I'm like, this is like two different stuff going on, right? So we can praise God, we can sing, but if we don't have a heart of worship, if our heart is not bowing before God, whether it's, you know, spiritually in our heart or whether physically, I think it's both. Um, if, if that's not the position of our heart, of our spirit, then our praise is not praise to God. Our singing is not praise to God. Um, in fact, I think it's a little bit like the, uh, the sacrifices that God was like, it's a stench in my nostrils. Stop it. <laughs> that's, that's what our praise is like, our singing is like to God if our heart is not in the position of worship. I'd like to read a little bit more out of Psalms, actually a lot more. Um, Psalms is just so full of praising God and uh, a great way to fight the battle of depression, a great way to, to fight anything really that we face in our lives, like uh, anger, frustration. I, I found it really <clears throat> uh, interesting, humbling. Yesterday, as I was had been studying some of this, I really felt like something's just wrong. I felt irritated at everything, and just I was super annoyed at my children, and just I was just like, "What is going on? What happened?" And I realized I was just giving into that a little bit at a time, and I wasn't praising, I wasn't worshiping. Uh, I think. Maybe it was Ian. I think it was Satan's attack. He's, he doesn't want us to recognize the power behind singing. And he doesn't want us to recognize the need for our heart to be in a position of worship. <clears throat> I think I might just throw this in too. We, we were listening to Pilgrim's Progress on our a trip. I had a lot of time on the road, and I just wanted to listen to that again. And I, I've, it was amazing the the allegory that he pulled out in worshiping and praising and and uh, quoting scripture, but specifically in and saying who God is and what God does, like praising God, worshiping God. When they were in battle with an enemy. Uh, the women and children generally, generally stayed back, you know, and prayed or praised or whatever, worshipped God while the men fought. And whenever they left off, they started losing the battle. And I think that's a lot how it is in our lives. If we leave off praising God, we start losing in our spiritual battles. And that's, I think, why Satan attacks us when we start realizing the power of praise. Because he knows <clears throat> when we're singing the praises of God and when our heart is in adoration of who God is in a worshipful state, there's nothing he can do. So let's go to Psalms 35.
Verse 27. Excuse me. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all the day long. So there he sets an example. He's saying he does it all day long. It's not just in the morning, he's got five minutes. God, you got five minutes. I'm going to sing to you. Good for the day, right? No. It's a position of our heart and a language of our mouths throughout the entire day. That's what it should be. <clears throat> Psalm 47. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. That word terrible, he's like awesome. He's much bigger than us. He's all powerful. He's terrible. He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. He shall choose our inheritance for us, the excellency of Jacob, whom he loved. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises unto our king, sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. God reigneth over the heathen. God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness. I just sat and pondered on that verse for a little bit when I came across it. God reigneth over the heathen. He's got this. He's got this. He's, he's in control. You think about everything that's going on, the evil. Like why doesn't God do something about it if he's in control? He has. He has made a way. And uh, a way, one way to overcome, one of the biggest things is praising God. That's, that's one of the biggest, uh, what would you say, sword or power that we have against Satan and against his kingdom, against the evil around us, is turning our heart to God and praising him, encouraging others around us who are depressed, who are uh, discouraged, to turn their heart to God and praise him for who he is and, and start seeing God for who he is. <clears throat> the princes, verse 9, of the people are gathered together, even the people of God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong unto God. He is greatly exalted. <clears throat> we could just keep going. It's just so much here. Um, I jump over to 51. Have mercy upon me, O God. According to thy loving kindness, according unto thy, the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest. And be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. 
Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out my iniquity. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Is that our heart cry? That God would search us and try us and cleanse us from anything that is not of Him, so that we can have that heart of worship. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness, O Lord, upon thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth Thy praise, for thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou would not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. <clears throat> I don't think I have the other passage written down, but there's another place that I forget how it went, but he, I forget if it was David saying it. He kind of said it here. Um, I think there was a place where God said that the burnt offerings isn't really what I want. It's like, I want your hearts. If I don't have your hearts, this stuff means nothing to me. And he says, like, here, it's like, this isn't really what I want. Like, the blood of all these animals and the burned offerings. I want the, your heart. I want the praises from your heart. Amen. And it kind of goes back to the two definitions of the word worship. Are we worshiping in adoration to our God for who He is and for what he has done for us in making it possible for us to become before him and that he gave his son Jesus to cleanse our sins or are we still carving and fabricating and working and, and trying to make a way to please God are we, is that our type of worship Psalm 66 Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works. How awesome art thou in thy works. So that word again. We think of terrible as negative. But it's positive here. It's like God's awesome. It's all powerful. Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name. Come and see the works of God. He is terrible in his doing toward the children of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in him. He ruleth by his power forever. His eyes behold the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. Oh, bless our God, you people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard, which holdeth our soul in life, and suffereth not our feet to be moved. For thou, O God, hast proved us, thou hast tried us, as silver is tried. 
So he's, say, he's saying there's going to be hard times, right? It's, it's not all just praise and God's good and hallelujah, right? He's saying, no, God tries us. And even in that, we should be thankful. We should praise God. Thou brought us into the net. Thou latest affliction upon our loins. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. You ever feel like you've been trampled underfoot? Right there it is. <laughs> he said it. It's like, cause men to ride over our heads. We went through fire, through water. But thou brought us out into a wealthy place. I will call into thy house with burnt offerings. I will pay thee my vows, which my lips have uttered, and my mouth has spoken. When I was in trouble, I will offer unto thee burnt sacrifices of fatlings with the incense of rams. I will offer bullocks with goats. Selah. Come in here, all ye that fear God, and I will declare that he hath... What he hath done for my soul. I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. So may we open our hearts and allow God to purge us, to try us with fire, with water with people around us um, so that we don't have, uh, and let's don't hide anything in our hearts, any iniquity, any sin, because that will stop our praises to God. That will stop that heart of worship. John four nineteen is the account where that woman comes and asks him the well, where should we worship? Since I perceive you're a prophet, I think you might have enough of wisdom to tell me this. It's been bothering me, right? It kind of seems like that's what she's saying. Where is the place that we should worship? <clears throat> the woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is the Spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I think it is good and important that we come together Sunday mornings to worship God. Um, but let's not get distracted of the time and place. Because it isn't about the time and place. It's not because we, as soon as we walk in the doors of this building, worship will now naturally flow. Where your heart is, your heart's still going to be there when you're here. Like, the worship goes outside of these walls. It's in the heart. He says, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth.